The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org. You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome to a new week, welcome to a new decade, and welcome to season three of the show. I cannot believe we're in three seasons already, but this has been the best thing I've ever done, um, bringing you amazing guests each and every week that are going to teach you something new, help you up-level your life in 2020, and just be a better person because you're armed with knowledge and you're empowered to make your life better, you know, you have the power to do that. And I'm so honored to bring you amazing guests. They're going to show you how. And this week is no exception. I'm speaking with the amazing Alicia Wilkes. She is a mother of five. She's been vegan for over 10 years, and she's married to James Wilkes, who just released the incredible documentary, The Game Changers. This is a documentary on Netflix, among other places. Um, It's all about incorporating a plant-based diet into your life and why doing that is so powerful for your health. Um, and they did it in a really smart way because they really focus on the male perspective and why men especially benefit from um, having more plants in their diet and less meat and dairy. Um, and my sons watched it. They loved it. My husband was super into it. Um, and so when I saw Alicia in the film and saw you know her beautiful children, I said she would be perfect for the show because she's someone who has been exhibiting model health behavior um, for years and you know she's in in that world and she knows how hard it can be and how you know especially when you've got kids and how busy you are and and balancing everything Uh, I knew she would bring some great tips to you and she absolutely did and she also gets real you know her life is not perfect her diet is not perfect and I think that too is so refreshing so I'm really really glad that she shared the reality of motherhood and health and and how sometimes dinner has to come out of a can and how that you're not a horrible person if that's what you're doing that night. Um, so for this episode, I think you're going to learn a lot. I think you're going to be inspired to lean in to a more plant-based diet, even if you know you don't want to go full vegan, that's okay. But just knowing that there are options for you and your family um, and to nudge them in that direction and why, why that's so good for you and the planet. Um, so I hope you love this episode. If you do, please share it with at least one friend. Please tag us on your Instagram stories as you're listening to it. And uh, absolutely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that does so much for the show and the ratings and, and getting this message and Elisa's message out to more and more people who could benefit from hearing it. So thanks and enjoy the episode. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is my line of organic third-party tested CBD grown in the U.S., and it is going to help you feel more grounded and calm and ready to take on the day. You can purchase our CBD at motherhoodunstressed.com and use the code BUCKHEAD to save 10% off your first order. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to talk about this very important topic, veganism, um, especially as a mom in today's world with all of the pressure that we have with food and diet. Um, for us and our kids. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah. So I'm going to jump right in. Um, talk to us about your journey into becoming vegan. Have you always been someone that's been really health conscious and into fitness and nutrition, or was this kind of um, an ongoing journey for you? Um, ongoing. I We became vegan, I think, 10 years ago or so. And um, well, maybe it was more like nine. So after my fourth baby was born, we, we went out to dinner um, to the Outback and I had this big steak in front of me. And I just looked at my husband and said, I can't eat this. This is someone's baby. I don't know oh. why it, it hit me then, but so I didn't eat it. And I just decided to give up red meat then. And that's sort of how it started for me. Um, I have always tried to eat healthy. Of course, I, I cheat and eat things that are unhealthy and I enjoy them. And then I go back to eating healthy, but I've always liked being physical and trying to, to stay in shape. Yeah. I always tell people, you know, when you become a mother, decide to become a mother, you had better be in good shape because it is physically demanding the pregnancy alone. Um, so were you pretty healthy throughout all of your pregnancies? I mean, four babies, that's amazing. Well, I have five. Um, oh, <laughs> I thought you had five, but then I was like, four is still a lot. The first three, super easy, no problems. Um, after my third baby, I had a fibroid tumor on my cervix and I was a meat eater. I did everything that I thought was right at the time. So I had this fibroid tumor. I have no idea if that was related to diet. And when it was removed, it compromised the integrity of my cervix. So when I had baby number four, it just couldn't stay closed. And I had a cerclage that, you know, they stitch it so it stays closed. So he was six weeks early. Mm. And then baby number five was the, oh my gosh, what what's happening? We're doing this again. <laughs> wow. So the same thing happened with her. Um, and I was put on bed rest at 12 weeks. Mm. That was the worst pregnancy. Um, but it had nothing to do with with my diet. Um, it was just that, that cervix that was giving me trouble. And then I had to lay around for the length of the pregnancy, which is not good for anybody. Right. I was wow. a pile of mush by the end. <laughs> oh my goodness. So strong. Even just that I, I worked with a woman and she had to do that for her second baby. And she said that that was the hardest thing she's ever had to do was to sit still and to not move while having her other children around as well. So, I mean, I'm sure you were going through the same thing. I was. And you know, when you're pregnant, you want to prepare for the baby. You want things ready. So I would crawl around on the floor and clean <laughs> The baseboards because I couldn't do anything up, so everything was was low. Oh my <laughs> god! Still against the rules, but I had to take care of something. I love it. So you know, you you mentioned you know you had that aha moment sitting in the restaurant looking at the steak. Um, was it like next day you weren't eating? red meat or all animal products, or was it kind of a slow transition? Because I'm, I'm thinking about the woman listening to this right now who's interested. Maybe they've seen Game Changers. Maybe they've seen some other documentaries. So the spark is there, but it just seems so overwhelming. I agree. It does. And for us, for me, I, I did the red meat thing and it was a, a very slow transition, maybe over well, I didn't eat red meat for one year and then we started doing the other transitioning. So it was, you know, we stopped eating chicken and, and 
turkey and things. And, but we still had fish and dairy and then we gave up fish, but we still had dairy and eggs. I think eggs were the last thing that we gave up. So it was, it was a long process and I would never suggest someone just cold turkey because it does, it feels really overwhelming and you don't know what to eat. Yeah. So talk to us about, I mean, when you had finally kind of fully transitioned, your family is on board, you know, you're, you're on this, this new diet, essentially. What was the pushback like from, you know, other moms or, you know, you go, you're going to birthday parties, you're living regular lives. How do you, how do you kind of navigate that? And how do you help your children navigate that when, you know, most people out there are like, oh, you're vegan? What? Like, it's not as accepted, I think, um, as it, it, I think it's becoming more accepted, but I don't, you know, we're not there yet. Um, I think in Orange County, California, you can pretty much be whatever you want to be and people just have open minds and they accept. So we never had a lot of pushback here, but I'm, I'm a little country girl. And when I told my parents, they, they almost seemed offended. Well, you weren't raised that way. No, I, I wasn't, but I have grown and this is, this is what I want to be. And still, when I go back, we can't really eat out at restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult. We pack our own cheese. It's, it's, it's just too hard to find cheese there. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I would say most people have been supportive. And my son, when he was in kindergarten, he's in fourth grade now, he sort of educated the whole kindergarten class because they didn't know what veganism was. Wow. So he's grown with them and no one has ever teased him or made fun of him or anything. So we're really lucky that way. That's amazing. And I love that he was in a position to kind of speak to the entire class and to make them kind of go, oh, wow, that's cool. I mean, I've tried to get my son to do that for like meditation because we meditate at home and I'm like, okay, go teach your classmates how to breathe, you know, like that essential skill. So that's, I think that's so important, especially at that young, impressionable age. Well, that, that son in particular is very much like James and he, he's very just accepting of who he is and is fine. If you don't like him, he's okay with that. Wow. So I don't think many kids are, are like that. Yeah. I certainly wasn't. No. Now, and you said you were a country girl. Where did you grow up? In Delaware. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah, I can definitely relate because I'm living in Atlanta, Georgia. So it's the land of comfort food of fried chicken and collard greens <laughs> and all of these things. And I love it, it is, greens. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're amazing, but it, it is, it's hard, especially depending on, you know, where you're living um, to take on this healthier lifestyle. But I feel like there is an awakening happening, especially with documentaries like this out into the world. And this is just shot into popularity. I feel like you can't go online without um, seeing things about it. And I think that that's fabulous. So what would you say to, you know, the woman who maybe isn't surrounded like uh, with Orange County type minded people? Um, how do they begin to transition? What are some easy things that she can do for her family without going cold turkey and being all extreme just to kind of bring in healthier, um, more healthy diet options for her family? Um, hmm. Well, I think for me, I was still overwhelmed, even though we started slowly and I had no idea what to feed my kids. So I took the recipes that I, I knew they liked I used to make chicken pot pie and everyone loved chicken pot pie. So instead of the chicken, I just started using tofu 
Mm. And, you know, you can do substitutions for eggs. You can use, um, depending on what the recipe is, but banana, uh, chia seed or flax seed mixed with water and you just kind of let it congeal. So I just did little swaps like that. And there was a lot of pushback from my older kids. Mm. Um, and I would even make things and say, oh, this is Spanish chicken. Like this is completely <laughs> in Spain. And it was, it was tofu or, or tempeh or something. And sometimes they would buy it. And sometimes they were like, nobody's calling this chicken. <laughs> we know what's happening. But it was, you know, just substituting and trying to find things that, that work for us. It was a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And how old was your oldest when you kind of fully went vegan? Um, Well, my oldest is 24 and he's the only one that is not vegan, but he doesn't live with us and he hasn't, Mm -hmm. nobody's preparing his food for him. So um, the oldest now is 19 and she was 10 when we transitioned and she was really open-minded about it. Um, but she's, I used to say that she would be the president of PETA when she grew up, because as a, a toddler, I would put meat on her plate and she would cry. She just didn't want to eat it. And I, I don't know if it was the connection with the animals or if she didn't like it, but so she just, she never wanted it. So she was easy. The next in line is now 17 and he was really really pushing back until he met Nimai from the film and he saw how big and and buff he is and thought, well, if he can do it, I I can do it. So he came home and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm in, let's do it. Wow. And now he's put on a lot of muscle since being vegan. He was just a little, we call them noodle arms. (laughs) (laughs) He'll get mad at me. But now he's, you know, big and muscly and, well, it's funny. It's funny that he connected with Nima, Nima too, because we were sitting here in our living room watching the movie um, a few weeks ago, and my sons are seven and four. And my oldest was like, after that film, he was like, I don't want to eat meat. I don't. And it was because of that bodybuilder and how strong he was. And Nash has noodle arms 100%. So <laughs> I think, I think it really, and maybe that's why the film's connected, especially, you know, with men, is because they're seeing how strong and healthy you can really be without meat. And it's like a light switch. Cause I don't know. I mean, my, I can definitely see my sons love animals, but it's not the same as your daughter. You know, it's, there's something else there's something about being strong. I think for a boy, that's really attractive. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And Nimai is a really good role model and he is just the sweetest guy. So it's, it's nice that he's got the big muscles and people want to look like him, but he's, also a nice guy. So he's a great role model. Yeah. So talk to us about, you know, how has your life changed since the film has come out? Um, It's just been a whirlwind. Your husband was just on the Joe Rogan podcast. I was listening to that um, earlier this morning. Um, He did an amazing job defending the film against naysayers. So has your life been turned upside down or is it just pretty much uh, same old, same old? Um, Well, this is the second wave sort of because James was in the UFC. So he was, you know, everyone knew he was from Orange County. So he was recognized a lot from that. 
then we had a lull <laughs> and now it's it's starting again especially because we go to vegan restaurants and the people mm-hmm. that are at the vegan restaurants have probably watched the film so he gets a lot of attention when we're out um he does a lot of podcasts he's He's really passionate. If you if you watch the Joe Rogan and instead of listening to it, you'll see the passion in his face. So, yeah, it's just getting used to that aspect again. Yeah. And I think, you know, the message that both of you really are hitting home is that you can be healthy and 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 happy with this lifestyle. It's not extreme. It's more extreme, actually to have open heart surgery and, and you have all these health issues like so many people in America. Um, and so, you know, what, what do you really want to hit home with, you know, your support of the film with, with the way you live your life, you know, as a mom, um, what do you really want to leave uh, with the listeners? Um, I think the biggest thing is that we're not some extreme group. We're just normal people. We, carpool with the kids we have soccer we have birthday parties we're just we're just normal people um and it's working for us you know we try to eat healthy we eat chips we just do whatever and I post a lot of pictures of food that we find out but it's we have donuts once a year maybe twice a year sometimes (laughs) I'm really lucky but it's there if you want it you can have a vegan donut You can have, we had fish and chips in England, but it was banana blossoms instead of fish. Wow. Not healthy, but delicious and enjoyable. And it's, again, it's not something we do all the time. We try to be healthy, but we also just, just like everyone else, eat stuff we shouldn't. I love that. I love that you say that. And your Instagram is so beautiful because there are these beautiful shots that you put out there, but then there's also all these real moments that you share with your audience. And I love that. I'm so tired of like the picture perfect Instagram pages. I mean, I love, especially a mother to be like, my house is crazy. You know, I'm, I'm glad my house doesn't have glass walls. I read that caption. I was like, ah, oh, I love her. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, with five kids, you know, it's, it's bound to be crazy and throw two dogs into the mix. <laughs> so I had my first when I was 19 and this is all I've ever known. So to me, it's normal to live in chaos. And yeah. I, I certainly don't want other moms, especially to judge me. And I don't judge other moms. We all have bad days. You never know what, what they're going through. So I think just be kind and empathetic. Yeah. But I think too, part of that is when you share your truth like that, it allows other mothers who see that to kind of just relax and think, you know, ugh, you know, I'm not alone in this, like, cause motherhood really is, it's truly the hardest thing, you know, the hardest job that there is yeah. and, and what, what we're, we're, we're managing our own emotions, but we're also managing these other people's emotions too. At least that's the way I feel. We, we definitely are. Well, I've seen all those perfect Instagram pages too. And then I leave thinking, what's wrong with me? Why am I, you know, yelling at my kids sometimes? Or why am I letting them eat Doritos or whatever? But it's just life. Sometimes we're busy. Sometimes we can't make a, a full proper dinner. Sometimes it's out of a can. It's, it's just, just life. Yeah. 
But I will say the fact that you have stuck with veganism for 10 years, that does say a lot. Like you are on another level in my mind of, you know, and even if there are chips involved and things like that, I think it's (laughs) that adherence to a healthier lifestyle really is a gift to your children. It really is, you know, you exhibiting a model of behavior that, you know, other people look up to. I mean, I'm not 100% vegan. I'd say I'm more plant-based, but that's something that I aspire to be because I, I've done the research. I know how healthy it is, how good it is. And like, if we want to be around for our children, for our grandchildren, you know, this is something we definitely want to investigate. Right. I agree. Wow. Okay. So now we are at the point in the interview where I have some rapid fire questions for you, if you're ready. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Veganism is? A lifestyle it's all about choices and deciding what is best for you. I love that. Um, I'm grateful for my family. They are so supportive and encouraging, and I couldn't do anything without them. And last one uh, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Hmm. I am sure someone told me this, but I probably just didn't listen, but I would say accepting yourself and loving yourself for who you are, not trying to, to be someone else for someone else, just be you and be happy. Wow. Well, I think you're definitely doing that each and every day. I'm so glad that, you know, you're putting out content in the world. In addition to your husband, um, I think together as a team, you guys are unstoppable. So thank you. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you received any kind of benefit out of the episode today, please hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really does so much for the show and getting the word out to more and more people. Um, If you think a friend could benefit from hearing it, please share it with them as well. And uh, if you haven't already, tag us in your Instagram stories um, while you're listening to the show or you're walking your dog or working out or whatever it is you do uh, when you're listening to this podcast, because it really helps me touch base with you, the listener, and, and to get to know you better as well, which is something I absolutely love to do and have an intention of doing more in 2020. So thank you. At LensCrafters, we value expertly tailored eye care, provide state-of-the-art eye exams, offer a wide assortment of designer brands and high-quality lenses, because everything we do at LensCrafters is for every site that makes your life special. We offer 50% off lenses with frame purchase. Shop in-store and online. Book your annual eye exam now on LensCrafters.com. LensCrafters, because sight. Eye exams are available at the Independent Doctor of Optometry at or next to LensCrafters. Doctors in some states are employed by LensCrafters. Offer valid to April 2nd, 2023. See associate for details.